Hi everyone, I'm Ksenia and I'm Anna and you are listening to CareerZilla, a podcast where people from all over the world share their stories about career change. If you always dreamed of having a new job or new career but was not quite sure where to start, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned to learn secret hacks and tricks about career transformations from our guests. Every second and fourth Thursday of the month, our guests share with you their insights on how to kick off a new career. And now let's start. Hey everyone, today we are talking to Ksenia Galkina, who is an expert in machine learning. She has several years of experience as a machine learning engineer. But probably the most interesting part for us is the fact that Ksenia started her career in a very different field. She originally received a degree of Bachelor of Art in Political Science and Government from the University of Vienna, and only later she discovered her passion for machine learning and artificial intelligence. Thank you very much, Ksenia. We are very glad that you are here and we are very much looking forward to an interesting story of career transition. Hi, Xenia. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's great coincidence. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm very flattered. And that was already actually a great introduction. Um, what can I say? I'm Xenia. Big surprise. Originally from Russia, around seven, eight years ago, I headed to Austria. So basically, I moved to study political science or in generally to study something, and then it ended up so differently, like 100% not what I expected, or something that I've never, ever, ever thought that I would be doing, meaning that I ended up being a programmer and working in artificial intelligence in the field of medicine, which is quite bizarre, to be honest. So yeah, by training, I'm a political scientist, but uh, at some point I chose another path and yeah, this is where everything went wrong. <laughs> well, it worked apparently very well. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Machine learning and artificial intelligence are hot topic nowadays. Uh, could you explain what does it mean and what is the difference between machine learning and AI? We will start from artificial intelligence. And uh, normally when we think about artificial intelligence, it, it makes sense to think what actually intelligence is. And intelligence uh, can come into forms. So one of them is natural intelligence. That's, for example, what humans have, what animals possess, bacteria has. And another form is AI. It's basically the way that we teach a machine to do whatever people do to perceive the world, to reason, to learn, to make sense out of the data, to represent knowledge. And when we speak about machine learning, it's basically a part of AI, a technique that allows us to teach machine to do one of these things. So that's basically, in a nutshell, what it is. How initially you got interested in machine learning? Because uh, still there is a very big gap between political science and artificial intelligence or machine learning. Totally, yeah, legit question. Uh, and uh, I asked myself this too, because, I mean, it's not even just programming on data analytics, so it's very concrete. And I think, I think it started when I was... Um, I think I was doing a project on, like not a project, I was writing a paper 
uh, during my studies in political science. And it involved a lot of data. And at the same moment, I was also looking for an apartment. And I realized it takes so much time for me to both to analyze huge amounts of data, but also, for example, to look for an apartment because I needed a lot of, I needed to check a lot of websites to get uh, like data from that so-called data, just listings of the apartments. And I thought it would be cool to automate that. And I thought, okay, how do I do this? Because I mean, I, I didn't even know how to program. I never ever built a website or wrote a single line of code in my life before. And then I just Googled what I'm still doing, basically at work and Googling stuff. And I Googled and I discovered that I can automate stuff with Python, with programming. And then an article about machine learning caught my eye and I built a simple web crawler for my apartment search. But at the same moment, I thought it would be also cool to maybe apply it to my huge amounts of data that I needed for my research at political science. So basically, this is how I got into this black box. That sounds very impressive. Uh, many people dream about learning programming, but they feel very insecure about it. I for sure do. <laughs> how did you learn apart from Googling? Uh, did you take some courses? I guess it was both, but I didn't take any boot camps or like courses at the university because just physically I didn't have any time and I also didn't have any money for that. So I decided I Google some courses. I just ask internet for the information and yeah i did that and to be honest this is where also one of my biggest mistakes started because i fell into this rabbit hole of thousands of online courses and they all pop up in this different ads in the internet and you want more and more and they're all so cool and you learn so fast and everything in like in only one course so yeah, this thing I wouldn't recommend doing. I would stick to one course. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did. I took courses. How would you go about learning programming now? If you need to start again from scratch? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I normally advise people, especially those who never ever uh, did programming in any sense, like myself before, I always tell them that you have to understand what actually you want to do with it. Because yeah, okay, you know you want machine learning, for example. So it, it better when you have a project in mind or another area of interest that's ideal case, but maybe you don't have it. So I would just recommend to, to understand the process as a whole, as a big picture, and then see this pipeline of the steps. For example, you need a programming language. So you start with learning a programming language. Then you need, for example, to know how you operate um, the data. So you need to know some data analysis and how to clean the data and process the data. That would be the second step. Then you would need probably to know statistics. And this is where you can start learning it. I wouldn't recommend to do any statistics or math before learning how to code, to be honest, or before mm -hmm. knowing what you want to do with it. And then after statistics, basically, you can go into something more complicated, like machine learning, but never ever go like I did straight into machine learning, because that will just mess up everything. But I, again, I think it sounds very intimidating, the idea <laughs> to learn mathematics and statistics, particularly for a person who has purely social science background. How did you approach these topics? Um, I think... Even though I studied political science, we had one subject that actually 
inspired me the most of all the subjects I did there. It was quantitative methods. It was something like something from statistics, but not really. It was really simple and just simple operations with small amounts of data, just so we understand how it works. And this is where I thought it's actually very cool. So yeah, I'm coming from social science, but even the, there you need some kind of understanding. And I, I would say, to be honest, that mathematics and statistics is actually the hardest part in this whole process because you, it depends what you want to do also if you're a researcher and engineer because you don't really need that much of math as an engineer, for example, compared to a researcher because then you will, as a researcher, you will build algorithms from scratch and build newer architecture of the neural networks. As an engineer, you implement stuff and go into production. But um, the, I think the hardest part, to be honest, is learning how to code and be confident in that. And this is what people sometimes get wrong. They think that math is the hardest part, but to be honest, you need calculus and linear algebra. And that's not so hard to learn, if I'm honest. The, the hardest part is to put into the code. So this is why you need to learn the programming language. Interesting. And which programming languages do you use? Uh, in daily life, I use Python, and this is, a, I guess, that would be the best choice, even though I don't believe there is the best programming language, but Python is just very universal and an amazing choice for newbies in the programming. But it also depends, because afterwards, after you're confident and maybe you got your first position, and you will work on bigger data sets, and maybe you want to not only write prototypes, but also to go into production where the stuff gets more serious, then you will need a programming language which is a bit better in performance, like, for example, C++ or Scala, which I'm using. But you can definitely start with Python. That's more than enough. Was it hard for you to prove yourself and to get your first job? When you was invited for the interview and you didn't uh, have any formal job experience in machine learning or in artificial intelligence, and you probably also didn't have some education to show for it, did you feel like, oh my God, what I'm doing here? And what would be the best strategy for a complete newbie in this situation? Uh, to be honest, I mean, I can say for everyone, I'm pretty sure that personally and mentally everyone has a challenge when you come to the interview, especially when you actually are chosen to come to the interview without this background. You maybe have this imposter syndrome. I never had it. I mean, in, in this uh, degree where I, I don't know how to prove or maybe I feel like I'm not that experienced, um, I think one thing which helps and you can do already in advance before even applying go to a lot of meetups because this is where I basically learned once I met a group of programmers and then one cool programmer that who wrote a lot of books I actually also read to learn how to code. He came from San Francisco. He was given a workshop here about uh, functional programming, machine learning. And when we were talking and there were 10 people sitting and all of them um, were programmers and I asked, okay, guys, so how did you learn programming? And like... 90% of them said they're self-taught. So this is where I actually boosted big time my confidence because I realized so many people in this area actually are self-taught professionals. And this one thing that helps you mentally to prepare yourself that you're nothing different, you're doing everything right, you're on your right track to be a programmer. And if you didn't have a degree in this area, it doesn't mean anything, to be honest. The most important that you... Um, gained experience in just some other form 
And so if you're already invited to the interview, that means that a recruiter or, I don't know, whoever person invited you sees the potential and doesn't really care that you that you don't possess the degree. I actually, to be honest, I don't even write sometimes that I had Bachelor in Political Science because it creates just uh, a lot of questions and a lot of confusion because it's not relevant at all, to be honest, uh, for what I'm doing. Um, but you can, of course, participate uh, in some collaborations with other people which who you actually meet at the meetups. Or you can also go to the website Kaggle. And this is an amazing website. Uh, not only it's completely free, and you actually can earn money and prizes there if you participate in some competitions <laughs> from big companies, but also... They have a lot of tutorials and you can actually put, like you can do these tutorials. You can follow some projects, participate in these competitions and put it then into your portfolio on the GitHub, for example, which is also a legit explanation what you learned, how you learned and what you want to do. Cool, that sounds really great. Uh, so the idea of this website that they kind of some big companies, they put certain projects which they actually need to be completed and you can be the one who wins the prize if you suggest the best solution. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they do. I mean, they are not all for prices, but a lot of them are. And sometimes Google posts something there. So it's pretty cool. Wow, that sounds like... Yeah. Interesting. We for sure should post it also in our notes. Yeah. So overall, it sounds like programming community is pretty much open uh, to newbies, to people from outside who maybe really learned everything by themselves. That's also very nice. Yeah, yeah that helps a lot. And to now, if you would start again from scratch and do this career transition from social scientist to machine learning, what would you do differently? I think you mentioned that you would start with learning programming before going into machine learning, but otherwise. I think one part I would do differently, I would have done differently, and it would be to find a mentor. Even though I did it on my own and I believe you can do it, it just... It makes everything easier and it helps a lot in mentally and technically to learn stuff. And you can also always ask a question and you get some guidance. Because, I mean, okay, at that time, I didn't have any capacity. If I would find a mentor, this person should be up all night with me. Because that's the only time I was actually learning on maybe very late evenings or very early in the morning. But that's definitely what I would have done before, if I could. <laughs> And how would you approach the search for an experienced mentor? I I mean, it sounds uh, very, um, I don't know, weird or not. But to be honest, community on Instagram is very welcoming. And I saw a lot of people, especially girls who are in tech, who are always so open to help others and to be a mentor. And otherwise, you just reach out to people in the meetup groups on the local communities that you're a part of. Normally, if you're a member, for example, of a Facebook developer circle, you can just ask there and people are very open to help. Do you have a mentor right now as well? Or it's essential only at this early career stage? I think mentor is a great thing, and not only in programming, but during different stages in your life. And it's, I mean, it could be also if you want a career change, completely different, nothing concerned programming, but... I don't have a mentor right now, um, but I think maybe I would be interested in one. I'm still not sure about that, but no, it's definitely a great thing 
and it helps not only in the early stages. But uh, we know that you are also by yourself an experienced mentor. You participated in developer circles. You taught also courses at several universities. Mm -hmm. How do you by yourself approach this when some young people come to you and ask for advices? What is actually important to become a good mentor as well? Um, I think all of the times I, I helped a mentor, actually some people approached me Although normally I write it somewhere, even for example at some event, I normally say it several times that if you need something, if you have questions, I'm always there to help. Maybe that's how the word spread. But uh, I think for a good mentor, you definitely have to be willing to do it because if you think it's just some kind of, I don't know, um, whatever job you help once and that's it. No, it's not. It's actually a continuous process. I would say, and you always have to be open to answer questions and to help. And you really, you have to have this feeling of community and being kind and open to other people because you have to be happy that you contribute to others, to other people's growth. So this is an important thing to have. Did you learn something from uh, people you were mentoring as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. Actually, this is one thing I, I also love about when you start doing something new i always recommend people to try to explain this stuff to someone who has no clue at all because it's it not only helps you to 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 get a better to to get a better knowledge what you know but also what you do not know and when people ask you questions sometimes you don't even expect it or you see the gap in this area it's it's totally helpful it's amazing and also i mean you never know actually how can other person help you sometimes maybe it's networking thing maybe something else so that's always in two directions but to be honest when i help i don't really expect anything like from the other person but normally you learn a lot where do you think machine learning is going what are the hot topics for today and where the development will uh, go in the upcoming years um okay if someone wants to learn machine learning to be honest uh, it was, so this is one of the problems when you're in programming and not only machine learning, but especially AI because in machine learning, because there is always something new coming. There is a new framework. There is a new this and that, and you want to keep up, but you can't. And sometimes you feel so overwhelmed and I don't know. So just, you have this feeling of missing out syndrome that you just can't keep up because there's too many things. And I wouldn't recommend to to go for trends, especially machine learning, because still, even though it's a very rapidly changing field, you still, and there are a lot of frameworks are coming and so many programming languages are adjusting to this area and things are automated, but still you need basics. And this is the most important thing, to be honest, just to focus on one programming language and yeah, to learn basics as, as good as you can, because this is very important, even though it's very new and it's getting better and better and more state-of-the-art but still everything is built on top of these basics and what are your personal interests in the upcoming years what would you like to achieve in the nearest future where do you want your career to go to build a super smart computer no <laughs> but uh, yeah good question uh, i'm glad you didn't say like where do you see yourself, where do you see yourself in five years <laughs> no i'm not an HR person who's interviewing you <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> um but 
Yeah, that's a good question because geographically I have no clue because I don't know. Now I'm in Vienna, but I don't know. I would definitely, I would love to go somewhere else and I never know where it will be. It probably will depend on the company I'm going to work for. But uh, as, um, as you might know personally from me, that I'm very interested in the area of biotech and specifically in the area of aging research. And that's why I'm also taking courses now from the university from bioinformatics. I think I would love to stay in this area for now because this is the area that um, brings me right now the biggest satisfaction and creates a lot of value and keeps me up at night and in the morning and basically all the time. And I would probably look for a company that does this, um, this research, but I wouldn't stay in academia. I don't think so. At least that's not what I want to do now, but that's where I'm going. Hopefully let's see if it stays the same. I never know. Um, that is a very ambitious plan. Uh, how did you get interested in aging research? It is a very specific uh, field that is equally far from both machine learning and social sciences. I just don't want to die. But uh, <laughs> that, that, that's a joke, but only partly, to be honest. Since I was a child, I was quite scared of that. And I didn't uh, like the idea of dying because it was so boring and why do we even do that? But I, I never studied medicine for whatever reason, I don't even know. Even though even during my political science degree, I, I dedicated a lot to the research of innovative medicine and embryonic stem cells because I was so interested in that. And that's also a big contribution to the aging research. I think this is where I stayed. And still, I didn't go for the medicine. I stayed then in programming. And then after I gained some solid knowledge and kind of expertise, I don't like to call it expertise, but maybe confidence um, in doing what I do and have some technical skills, I realized maybe that could be a great combination of applying this skill set to another set. And that's why I went to the university again to get these courses from this domain, because to be honest, it's so, it's so complicated, so specific. And even though if you can code, you're not used to... To this maybe mission or company if you have no idea how for example biology works so that's the point of me doing these courses yeah that's definitely a very challenging uh, task because uh, bioinformatics dealing with biological data sets and there you need to have a very good understanding how exactly these data sets have been generated and produced and what is the specificity of them and uh, do you think that your knowledge, which you gained during your political science, uh, can be also directly applicable uh, in this new field of bioinformatics? I normally say that, yeah, okay, uh, why did I even do this political science? I, I complain around. But to be honest, I think I learned a lot during the studies in terms of, for example, critical thinking and knowing how policymaking affects actually innovative research. And that's, to be honest, even my thesis was about AI in politics. So it's, it's, all, it's all together. I think one thing helped me to understand, at least now, when I re read about research in this area, I understand how politicized it is and how hard it is to get funding. So it gives me a better picture where I should go, where can I even go, which countries are supporting this research. So that kind of something that I think is useful that I did during my political studies and it's it's paying off now so i have better understanding of the area from this perspective
Yes, I I also think that everything what we learn can be applied in the different fields and areas. Uh, do you maybe have some book, YouTube channel or website that you can recommend uh, to the people who are just starting their journey to become machine learning experts? I don't think I have like my favorite favorite, but I can recommend um, for theoretical part, I can recommend to watch um, computer science videos from Stanford and MIT. I, I love them. They're so amazing. I mean, they're not boring at all. I, I just I watch them sometimes just for fun when I'm eating because they're so cool. The professors are just brilliant. For practical part, I mean, it also a case of a taste, what you, how you prefer to learn the language. I think you can just pick a course for Python. Mm, I don't know, Udemy maybe. I don't have a favorite one, but the most important that ideally it's project-based inside of the course already in the program. But the most important that you you apply everything that you do right away. So you literally touch the keyboard and not just listen to them, to the instructors. And you work in their uh, in the editor and in the Jupyter notebooks and you you install the whole environment. And there's, there is a good book, Python, The Hard Way. It's, I mean, it's one of, of a lot of books I liked, but this one is very good. And if you want to also learn, I mean, not only if you learn, you want to, you actually have to learn it, uh, data structures and algorithms. There is, a, I think, the best book I ever seen that explains it. I mean, in just genius way, uh, grokking data structures and algorithms. It's great. And the same author has the book uh, Grokking Deep Learning. They're just brilliant. This book actually about deep learning, everyone can read. It's very for common knowledge. It's not boring. There is not so much of the medical part there, but it's very it's written in simple terms. Cool. We will for sure add all uh, the material uh, which you provided in our description, at least links to this material. I wanted also to add that I think Coursera lately uh, introduced so-called guided projects because before they had it only courses, but now you can also do so-called guided project. For example, there is even something like COVID-19 data analysis using Python. Nice. Yeah, you're totally right. Actually, I just also saw it recently. That's a, that's a great point. But Coursera is seriously the best resource. I mean, it's, it's free if you want it to be free. If you want a certificate, you can also pay, but no, the courses are just high quality. Yeah, no, but if you are telling that certificates and degree is probably not the most important, but rather it's important to show your skills, projects which you have completed, then maybe it's definitely worthwhile to give it a trial, even if it's for free. For sure, yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for this interesting conversation and for being our guide in the world of machine learning and artificial intelligence. You have provided a very nice blueprint how someone can become a machine learning expert. First of all, you need to start with learning uh, some programming language. And apparently Python can be a very good candidate to start with. Then you move to statistics and learn some basics of statistics. And only then... Not in parallel, not before, you move towards machine learning and artificial intelligence. You also explain that Instagram can be a good platform not only for posting selfies and what you eat for breakfast, but to find a mentor. And you also have emphasized that teaching others might help you to learn a lot. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you for being with us. 
If you are interested to learn more about career transition, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find links in the podcast description. There you can also find links to resources mentioned in the episode. If you haven't mind some friends with exciting career transformation stories, please let us know. We are always looking for new guests. Don't forget to hit a subscribe button and tell your friends about our podcast if you find it helpful. Stay tuned!